Welcome to episode 95 of the Muck Podcast, an affiliate of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! Looks good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed with those levels. The sound levels. Does it look good? Yeah, it looks good. Uh, I literally have nothing written down to talk about. Except, oh. um, well, our, our Ted Deutsch episode the Ted came Deutsch out. Episode. That's it. That's all I have. A little but that's Ted ex- Deutsch. Yeah, that's exciting. It was very exciting. I mean, I think it was, it got a pretty good reception. People really liked it. My I, mother actually called me and she's like, I'm so proud of you. It was fantastic. I go, oh, you know, I have a podcast and you listen. Thanks oh. for doing that. Thanks, well, mom. listen, that's more than my mom has done. <laughs> she hasn't listened once. Yeah. So. I, I mean, and then I did have my dad. Because my dad doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll come over and he goes, so this is a radio. We're on the radio. I find you. And I'm like, no, it's not a radio. <laughs> like he doesn't understand. He doesn't know what I can explain to him what a podcast is 20,000 times. Yeah. And he'll go, oh, this is a radio show. Well, what channel do I find? I'm like, okay, no. I, t- I say let him think it's a radio show. So okay. uh, I said, but we are on YouTube because he has discovered YouTube recently. Okay. Yes. And I said, oh, we're on YouTube. You can watch us. Oh. And so I put the video on. And it was so cute because he had his little glasses and he had the little iPad. And he goes, oh, it, this is your friend. I said, yeah, oh. that's Hillary. Oh, <laughs> it was so cute. Oh my God. And then, you know, he, he listened and he just hit play. And, and you know, I, I don't did. know if he understood. I don't know yeah, what yeah. he understands, what he doesn't understand. Yeah. But, yeah, he watched it. Oh. <laughs> I love this so, so much. So, yeah, so he's the one yes. person in the family who has actually Thank you. listened. Yes. <sighs> but now I got to have, I don't even know if he'll, if I even, I've shown him where the podcasts are. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know how to find it. No. He won't know how to hit play. Oh, he, dang it. He doesn't he know. Could, he could listen through the iPad, right? To go to he those could, websites, Yeah, right? he could, but yeah. it's not going to happen. No. But Dang I it. think if there's more of us on YouTube, he would watch us. Well, we got to do this. Yeah. That's oh. become more of a issue than I thought it was going to be. Like just taking um, a picture and adding audio to this picture in that long form. Yeah, It's become more of a thing that I was just like, I didn't realize this would be this difficult yeah. for us to do. I tried to do it one yes, time and it I just remember. was very hard. Yeah. But there is a... Whatever, this is shop yes, this talk. Is, yeah, we don't really need to get into okay. it. But anyway, we're trying to put all the episodes, the audio up. Yes. Anyway. And we have a potential guest coming up that I'm super excited about that oh, hopefully will happen. Tina. And then I have another idea today for a guest. So mm-hmm. we're, let's see, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, let's see what let's happens. Let's see what I happens. Mean, I mean, so I'm first and my story is long. So we need to get to okay. it because... Um, Hold on, I've got we have a our attacking me. Hold we me. have our mascot, the muck mascot. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> all this fucking cat does is bite me. Um, we have a little muck at noon, so I, I mean, we yes. have to like get on it. And that's an exciting little muck too. Yes, very. Listen, everything, everything's exciting. So, good. I mean, I know I, I hate to disappoint Alfredo, who only listens to the front, the the front of the episodes. Our executive producer, I have never in my life. <laughs> worked with someone who is so critical he is so critical of everything and i know he's gonna hear it because it's the beginning of the episode yes he literally said your episode should just be you guys talking and forget the stories oh okay well we won't do the whole but we do have people who like our stories yeah well maybe who knows who knows well i mean there's people who listen to the full thing because you can see how far they listen Oh, that's depressing. I could yeah. never look at that number. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is it a lot? No, people listen full so the through. whole thing. Yeah. Wow. All right. Listen, do you think our people in Canada only want to hear us, you know, bantering? <laughs> they want to hear the stories. 
I love it. Our Canadian, our many, many Canadian listeners. Yeah, that's a big one for us. And Germany. Yes. Germany. Hello. Uh, hi. That's when we Germany. do our European tour. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tina looks at me with these eyes and she gets all crazy. It's so fucking funny. Um, okay, okay. 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 So today I'm going to tell you about, I don't know why I have a big smile on my face. It's awful. Oh. <laughs> let, me, let me pull it back together. The murder of Laquan McDonald. Oh. So this is awful. Trigger warning, police violence, um, racism, all of those things. But it, to me, the story is about a, sh- a murder, obviously, but it's the cover-up of the murder and, like, wow. how it goes down and all of that. That's yeah. really interesting to me. And I found it because on Twitter, um, Rahm Emanuel, who, uh, you know, rose to yes. fame out of Chicago, ran the the Barack Obama campaign in 2008 with his one of his good friends, Brian, Brian Axelrod, David Axelrod. David Axelrod. Oh my God. Brian Axelrod is a guy I used to work with. Oh, God. Hi, Brian. Maybe you should no, be listening. No, no, no. Oh, no. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, Brian. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Rob Emanuel rose to fame running that campaign. You know, Barack Obama winning was a fucking, it was, un- it was astounding. It you was know, no one ever thought that could, that could I happen. Still rem- I still remember. Yeah, it was insane. So I have a picture gets, of my husband in front of the television. Yes, where cheering. he's like uh, so, yeah. so like happy, oh, and you know those are rare photos <laughs> of, of a smiling husband. Um, so he then became Barack Obama's chief of staff yes. and worked for him for years, and then went to run for mayor of Chicago, which is where he grew up. And you know, being the mayor of Chicago is a huge fucking deal. It's a yes. big, big fucking deal. It's like yes. you, you almost have more power as a mayor than you do in Springfield, I believe it is, where, is it Springfield, Illinois? That's where their capital is, I think. Like you have more, a lot of power. We've yes. talked about Chicago before. And so Rahm Emanuel winning this was a huge fucking coup for him. I'm sure it was like a, yeah. you know, a thing. Um, so this happened, this murder happened a few months before his reelection. Oh. So all these things are coming into play. Okay, it's so like, there's, there's... how are you going to, you know, take care of this, but also yeah. have the police still on my side. Do you see yes, what I'm saying? Yes, so other yes. things were coming in. So I saw it on Twitter because Rahm Emanuel Biden just nominated him to be the ambassador to Japan. Oh, and I believe he got it. Wow. But on Twitter, somebody said, Oh, that's funny because he's involved in this cover up of this murder of Laquan McDonald. And I was like, what the what? fuck? I had never heard this. I had before. never heard of this either. So I went and found it. And it's really it's, interesting. You know, the world of politics is so yeah. interesting. Yeah. And during the hearings for this to be an ambassador, the, the ambassador, he had to, he talked about this. They, oh, somebody brought it up and said, can good. you explain this? And in the video, uh, which I is in our notes, uh, he's goes through the whole thing and how, you know, and he, actually says that somebody who had endorsed him for re-election was this pastor or a reverend who was Laquan McDonald's great uncle. And so that was like, it just to use that. Oh, and then so, the so uncle he's trying to, to say like, justify so why he's, yeah. So he's like, him. Hey, I'm hey, free of any okay kind of me. guilt because this yeah. guy likes me. Wow. It's so fucking weird. It's so political. Oh, and weird. God, I hate anyway, it's I like, I love politics, but I hate yeah. politics. Oh dude. And so he's, I, be, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm 99.9% sure he is now the ambassador to Japan. Like this just, which yeah. happened like this week. Yes. Cause he's been naming all those appointments, which we yes. were, we were talking just about talking about. Night. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the shooting. So shortly before 10 PM on October 20th, 2014, police were called to investigate Laquan McDonald at 4100 South Pulaski road, responding to reports that he was carrying a knife and breaking into, in, into vehicles in a trucking yard at 41st street and killed, Kildare Avenue. 
When officers confronted McDonald, he used a knife with a three-inch blade to slice the tire of a patrol vehicle and damage its windshield. McDonald walked away from police after numerous verbal instructions from officers to drop the knife, at which point responding officers requested taser backup, according to radio recordings released later on in 2015. Video of the shooting shows that Officer Jason Van Dyke was advancing on McDonald while McDonald was walking away from Van Dyke when the first shot was fired. So his back is turned. Oh, come on. The first shot hit McDonald, who spun and fell to the ground. As McDonald lay on the ground, holding the knife, still holding the knife, Van Dyke fired more <gasps> shots into him. No. In total, Van Dyke fired 16 shots no. at oh, McDonald no, no, in no, 14 to no. 15 seconds. No. Expending the maximum capacity of his 9mm semi-automatic firearm. Please tell me that he went to jail. Oh, God. Tina, please. God, I hate everything. Van Dyke was on the scene for... This is fucking insane. Listen to this sentence. Van Dyke was on the scene for less than 30 seconds before opening fire and began shooting approximately six seconds after exiting his car. So, so picture this so, scene. But why not say what's going on? Yeah. So so this guy's acting erratic, obviously. Right. He's got this knife. He's okay. not listening to police. He's walking down the street. All, right. all things you should not be doing. We'll find out later on things that were happening with him. But okay, there's no excuses to this bad behavior. Right, Fine. right. But there's Does no reason to, to shot no. in the back. No. Right. So all these police cars, you know, they're calling for backup for help. And they're calling for this, tasers. Yes. So yes. they're not talking about lethal force. Right, which they're a not, taser would have put this And they're on not the worried for their own safety because yes. if they were, it would have been a different situation. You taser the guy. He falls to the ground. You walk up to him, step on his wrist so the knife comes out. You put the fucking right. cuffs on him. That's all we're doing here. What this guy pulls up into the scene and gets out and of his car shooting. and within 30 seconds he's shooting. So he doesn't even ask for you don't have time to even say what no. is the situation on the no. ground here. No, he just saw this guy. And, and, and he if he shot him once. Yeah, he's still holding the knife because he probably is just gripping the knife and has fallen. Right, right, right. That one shot, which is already horrible and yeah. wrong, is enough. Yeah, I agree. So the this first is insane. The first I feel like why wasn't this a huge Wait, it gets so much fucking worse. It was a huge story then like there. It, I yeah, don't remember like hearing national, this like on the national level. No, like, but it, but this, you know, all of these shootings really right. rose to that the Black Lives Matter uh, matter movement really coming up protests came out of this that were huge in Chicago. Yeah. So all right, so the first responding officer said that he did not see the need to use force and none of that of the, of the at least eight other officers on the scene fired their weapons. So it's clearly just this yeah. dude. And Laquan, But imagine you're standing there as a fellow officer yeah, and, and you like, see boom, this boom, happen boom, boom. and it's so fast Whoa, and you're God. probably like that's this is not oh, what we wanted. Tina Laquan McDonald was taken to Mount Sinai Hospital where he was pronounced dead at 10:42 p.m. Oh. So 42 minutes after police are called wow. this guy's dead. A little bit about Laquan McDonald. He was born September 25th, 1997 and lived in the 37th Ward of Chicago. According to NBC Chicago News, McDonald earned $1,100 working after school in the youth advanced advanced. I'm sorry. In the youth advocate program in 2014, his final report card in high school showed that he had earned an A in personal finance and and music, a B in world studies and reading and a and C's in biology and algebra. One of I mean, it's algebra. Come on, (laughs) who's passing that? One of of McDonald's teachers described him as quote very respectful, respectful and reserved end quote. Oh my! The teacher added that McDonald quote was never aggressive, like never in class or in school. Um, okay, so toxicology reports later uh, revealed that McDonald had PCP in his blood and oh. his urine at the time of the encounter with police, which goes to, you know. And how old is he at this time? Like 17, 20? 2014. 
22. Wow. Right? He's a baby. 1997. Okay, so defense expert pharmacologist James Thomas O'Donnell testified that the amount of, of PCP found was enough to suggest that that he had taken the drug on that day of the shooting and that it could cause, quote, significant bizarre behavior. Well, of course, obviously. PCP. Yeah, he's, and, and uh, again, just because somebody is high on PCP doesn't mean that you, are, no. you should be shooting at them. Um, Which is why we need these other, when we talk about like police reform mm-hmm. and you're dealing with people who are on drugs, like you have to know how to navigate that. Exactly. <sighs> okay, so a little bit about Officer... Jason Van Dyke, oh. uh, he was a 14-year veteran of the Chicago Police Department and earning a salary of $78,000 a year. Dang. He was married. He has two children. He was my age. He's 43. Since 2001, some, well, he's well, he's 43 now at the time, whatever. Wow. Younger, in his 30s. Well, but 14 years on the force, you, you know better. Mm-hmm. You're not some first-year rookie that is, like, panicked. Well, let's talk about his record, okay? Oh, God. So since 2001, some 20 citizens complained Complaints had been filed against Officer Van Dyke, but none resulted in disciplinary action. Ten of the complaints alleged he used excessive force and two involved the use of a firearm. A jury awarded a Chicago man $350,000 after determining Van Dyke employed excessive force during a traffic stop. One complaint involved verbal abuse by Van Dyke, who used a racial slur. So this is from like the like early 2000s. Yes. Why is he still on the, the, the force? Because nobody does anything. I God. Van Dyke was involved in preparing questionable documentation of a separate shooting in 2005. How about wow. that? Wow. Yeah. According to CNN, quote, the Chicago Police Department has about 12,000 officers. And like Van Dyke, 402 officers have 20 or more complaints on the file. They get the rid database. of them. Then get rid of them. 400. That's why they don't get, get rid, rid of, of them. them. 400. Oh, well. I know, but that's oh, well, why. But like, then, that's but then why. That, There's the, so many. But then that sends a message that like, we're not taking this bullshit. You have mm. to have certain behavior or you don't get to be a cop. Right. So the initial police report, let's talk about what this thing says, right? So (sighs) the initial police portrayals of the incident consisting of about 400 pages of typed and handwritten reports, you know, all these officers on the scene, right? Prompted police supervisors to rule a case a justifiable homicide and within the bounds of the department's rule of force guidelines. So what the hell did they say? So they put some bullshit in the pages? The reports did not say how many times McDonald was shot and said McDonald was acting, quote, quote, crazed and lunged at officers after refusing to drop his knife. Now, but we know that's not, not fucking true, Yeah, that's true, not right? true because he's, there's a bullet in his back. Right. But here's the thing about these reports and, like, the video. We, we know that he, his back was turned because there was dashboard cams, right? Yeah. But those, cam, those videos don't come out for another almost year and a half. Oh, so at so the, the time, if they're only going by what's, what's... Wow. And they all... Did, they, they, so then all those officers had to come Hi. together Hello. and say, this is what we're going to write. And we're going to deal with that, too. So, wow. Yeah. So... Michael D. Robbins, one of the attorneys representing the McDonald estate, uh, Laquan McDonald, said his initial thoughts were that, quote, I didn't think that there was a case if he had lunged at a police officer, adding um, the police narrative without exception is that the use of force is justified and necessary, which it sometimes is. But again, that's not what was happening. And they're lying. They all lie. That's not what was happening. One police report described that McDonald, quote, raised the knife across his chest and pointed it at Van Dyke. Oh, come on. Van Dyke told investigators 
that he feared McDonald would rush him with the knife or throw it at him. And he also recalled a 2012 police department bulletin warning about a knife that was capable of firing a bullet as well. Oh as- my God. What kind of crazy pretend James Bond this? knife yeah. is he talking yeah, about? On the, streets of Chicago. <laughs> on the streets of Chicago, we got bullets coming out of knives Oh my God! as well as throwing knives and also spring loaded knives capable of propelling the blade. Uh, so that's all the officer ever has to say. Yeah. That's all they ever have to say is that I was in fear of my life and everything's fine. Right. And if there's no evidence, thank God for these. Thank God for making the, the dashboard cams and having yes. the cops wear the cameras because one, it protects them, but also it protects yeah. other people from their bullshit. Exactly. One report noted that McDonald's knife, quote, was in the open position. But when announcing charges against Van Dyke, Cook County State's attorney Anita Alvarez said the knife was found folded at the scene. So even that's so, a fucking So, and lie. it's one of these, like a switchblade kind of knife. Mm-hmm. And it's closed. It was closed. Come when on. When he was shot and fell. According to the medical report, according to the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office uh, autopsy report, uh, which was revealed by journalist Jamie Calvin through a public w- records request, McDonald was shot in the neck, chest, <gasps> back, both arms, right leg, and oh, a graze wound to God. his left scalp. My God. Nine of the 16 shots hit McDonald's back, and he was shot as he lay on the ground. And oh my God! Then of like, course his death that? was ruled a homicide. It was ho- it was ruled a homicide, even though they say it was justifiable. Right. So let's talk about the dashboard cams. And and what I mean, and no one says to this cop, okay, you felt justified, but why sixteen shots? It's over. It, overkill. It's overkill. Yeah. I mean, they talk about that in all the true crime when you find that you know a woman stabbed a certain amount. Like they say that it's that it's passion. Yeah, right? it's like it's something this anger. Personal. Yeah. This is this is someone who's just full of rage. Yeah. Um, okay. So the dash cam videos, five police videos on the incident are known to exist, including including the view from a camera mounted in the marked police SUV that Van Dyke was riding in as he and his partner responded to the scene. The videos show that at least eight police vehicles responded to the scene, but no video has been released from the other three vehicles. So only five of them actually had working dash cam videos chicago police officers are required to make sure that their video systems are working properly and that they should quote submit a ticket if they are unable to download digitally recorded data end quote so it's part of their job yeah. when they leave in every fucking shift they oh they to have to make download. sure that's working and to make sure it's working wow the there were no repair tickets requested by any of the three vehicles that were missing videos on the scene of that night when video footage was initially re- released it did not contain audio. Although Chicago police dashboard cameras should automatically record audio when the video recording is activated. According to a CPD video, quote, the in-car camera system automatically engages both in the audio and the video recording when the vehicle's emergency roof lights are activated. And each vehicle has a front and rear camera and microphone. City officials blamed a technical problem, but it was later revealed that the audio recording equipment in Officer Van Dyke's vehicle had been, quote, intentionally damaged, <gasps> according to the, the records from police technicians. So he knows that he's a fucked up guy. And he so th- I mean, that's like yeah. he planned that ahead of time, knowing he I mean, obviously, he, he didn't doesn't want to be recorded. Right, on he any doesn't want to be recorded on any of these. Another car's audio was disabled because the microphones were in the glove compartment with the batteries inserted backwards. For another, a mobile startup recorder was corrupted and a third was processing other video at the time. Wow. This is fucked up. 
The, wow! Like if so, they know so they know that that they know that they're shady. Yeah, they know that they're gonna say fucked up shit, they and they don't want, don't want it on the record. Them. Yeah, and they'll say, okay, well, the audio's there, and the audio can, you yes. know, it doesn't. It's or, or the insane. video's there, but the audio. Yeah, I can say what he was saying to yes. me, and what I was saying to him, yes. and it's really not what was fucking happening. Wow! Yeah, the Sun Times published that a sergeant reported officers were throwing their microphones on the roof of the Jefferson Park police station what? to the internal police review no. authority a month and a half before the release of the Laquan McDonald dash cam video in an apparent protest against being recorded. I'm sorry. But These are, we're, I'm, here's the thing. Good cops, bad cops. Yeah. Cops want to do their job and yes. protect people and like make sure they're safe. Yes. I understand that's all important. Yes. Then you should be okay. If, if you're, you're not doing, doing if you're doing wrong, your job. Yes. Then just just do your job. Like yeah. if you're doing your job, you don't care that it's recorded. It's fucking bizarre. And it's crazy. It, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, fraternal that order. That is so weird. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it just it doesn't make you look better. No. <laughs> you're doing this. It makes you look guilty. <laughs> and I would say that as someone who is engaging with people all of the time, like wouldn't you want that protection so that yeah. you can say, no, no, this is what happened. Here's the proof. Like yes. it helps you Except too. If but you they're unless know, you're shady, you're assholes. doing shit. Yeah. yeah. So Fraternal Order of Police President Dean Angelo defended officers in an interview saying that operator error could be any number of accidents, adding, quote, things always trickle downhill, so it winds up the responsibility of the beat officer. God forbid it's the responsibility of the agency, end quote. How about this prick? He's fucking earning his money. Yeah. So listen to this. So there was a Burger King right next door, like right across the street from this. And there's a camera. there's cameras, right? I mean, cameras are everywhere. So here's the thing, though. Oh, no. You're going to fucking die. So the nearby Burger King restaurant may have captured the shooting. But during the time of the shooting, there's a gap of 86 minutes in the recording. The manager of the restaurant said that on the night of the shooting, five Chicago police officers (gasps) gained access to the video and passwords on the equipment. And that by the time the independent police review authority requested to view the footage that next day, it had been erased. Holy cow. Is that fucking crazy? And what is the Burger King guy going to oh, do? Oh, no, take it. Well, you want yeah, video? I mean, take it. Take it. it. How about a cheeseburger? Yeah. Take it. You want to get care. the fuck out? Yeah. Oh, and, I wouldn't And fucking, they're cops. No. Like, you're oh, going to no, be no, like, no, of no. course. And he probably doesn't realize that they're manipulating the film. Oh, and yeah. All. No, 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 no. Wow. No. Right. That alone is, you're guilty. Yeah. That the alone. Tribune, the Tribune later obtained footage showing a Chicago police employee working on the restaurant's computers after the shooting. <gasps> <gasps> what is so, going on? So fucked up, Tina. So, um, however, so they know from the moment they yeah. know they're, they're looking like, around like, where, they're like are yeah, where are the cameras? Fucking Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> the king, the got king. Me. Oh yeah. my God. Accor- uh, however, according to FBI sources, the video taken from Burger King surveillance camera was not altered and there were gaps throughout the surveillance video. So they said the Burger King system was a mess. Like uh, even if there's stuff like you couldn't really see it or whatever, but still, still they fucking went to cover they, their asses. Uh, yeah. Just like they took the batteries and put them in backwards. Yeah. Right. Like they were totally manipulating this everything. Is- to cover this so up. insane yeah so so insane before this the video gets released and we're now we're like months before um ding dong is about to get reelected. elected uh, okay. rahm emanuel the city settles with M- mcdonald's family so attorneys for the estate of laquan mcdaniel mcdonald i'm sorry enter into negotiations isn't that funny his name's mcdonald and we were talking about burger king yeah it's fucking weird <laughs> uh, so they enter into negotiations with the city of chicago to settle claims arising out of his death of course the city of sh- the
The Chicago City Council approved a $5 million settlement to McDonald's family on April 15th, 2015, although the family had not yet filed a wrongful death lawsuit. Oh, they're trying to get ahead of this. They're like, look, here's some money. Here's some money. And they want it to go away. Yeah. Emails from the mayor's office surrounding the case later revealed the settlement deal was finalized the day after the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, secured his second term for for the runoff election. So he was like, don't put the tape out. Don't do anything. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Part of the settlement agreement required that the video be sealed until investigations were completed, which could have delayed the release of the video for years, wow. which everybody wanted anyway. Um, aldermen, you know, those are like their yeah. county commissioners there in Chicago. The aldermen were not shown the dash cam video before approving the settlement. Although, what? Yeah. Tina. Although City Cor- <laughs> Corporation Counsel Stephen Patton said the existence of the video influenced the council's decision to settle before a lawsuit and details about the video were given to the finance committee during a hearing. So, so their so city they count, that, so their, they, their city attorney yeah. was like, guys, you hey, better just you better the family vote on sees this, this before yeah. the family fucking sees this video. Let's tape, get it done. Give them five million dollars because it's going to be five times that if they see wow. this video. Wow, dude, it's so fucking sick. Wow, it's sick. The decision took only five seconds out of a two-hour, 45-minute meeting to approve. Dick Simpson, a UIC political scientist at the University of Chicago and former Chicago alderman, said, quote, It's odd not only in this case but maybe in others that there isn't more debate on the floor because that's where the public gets informed, end quote. Right. right? Like, but they the all decided happens. ahead of time, like, th- we're going to throw this item on the just agenda. Voted. We're going to vote it, and we're going to just It's like everybody's over involved. It. We're going to gloss over yes, it. Yes, and everybody's involved. It's gross. It's fucking crazy. It's gross. So because there's these inconsistencies with the narrative that the police are getting to the telling reporters, the autopsy, the, these anonymous eyewitnesses that were telling the journalists what they had seen, and there's no public release of the videos, all these reporters and people are like, we want this information. Where the fuck is it? Right. And they start filing these requests for documents. So a whistleblower expressed concern over the handling of the McDonald's shooting a few weeks after the shooting, revealing, quote, that there was a video and that it was horrific. So wow. he said this to journalist Jamie Calvin and attorney Craig Futterman. Um, the pair issued a statement calling on Chicago police to release the dash cam video to the, of the incident. This Again, was, thank God for damn journalists. Yeah. The city of thank Chicago God. denied at least 15 <gasps> requests for its release. Brandon Smith, a freelance journalist, and William Colloway, a community activist, filed for a request for the video under the Freedom of Information Act in 2005, May 2015. When the request was denied, Smith filed a lawsuit against the city of Chicago in Cook County Circuit Court. So now the attorney general gets involved, right? So yeah. the, the Illinois attorney general, Lisa Madigan, sent a letter to the police department the day before a court hearing stating that they cannot withhold the video. They can't. All of what it are has you doing? to be public records. Yeah, so what the fuck? So she said that she had not substantiated their claim that releasing the video would interfere with an ongoing investigation. Oh. Fuck you. Or jeopardize <laughs> a fair trial if any officer was charged. On November 19th, Cook County Judge Franklin Valderrama denied the city's request for a stay on holding onto the tape, ordering the video to be released no- to the public no later than November 25th. Now, this is yeah. like almost a year after yeah. the shooting. Or more than a year. The city did not appeal the judge's decision. And on November 24th, after a press conference, the video was released that showed an office, the officer fatally shooting wow. McDonald like in the back. Yeah. And everything that came after, right, that we saw after Oh, that. this poor family. Oh, Jesus. This poor family. So the investigations. A criminal investigation also began weeks after the shooting when the Independent Police Review Authority, which is the IPRA, 
um, the, you afforded the case to the state attorney's office and the FBI. So we need two separate people coming in and like overseeing this. They're supposed to be independent police review, but really they work for the mayor. I think he set this whole thing up in the first place. So it's like they report to the mayor. Yeah. They're not really that independent. No. And the person who I believe I might be wrong, but the woman who is now the mayor of Chicago, who's so great. What I forgot her name. I believe that Lori, who's the mayor now, Lori Lightfoot, that she, she was a police officer. She was from the police side of Chicago. I think she was on this board too. So I think, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all uh, very close. It's all very connected and, and you know what yeah. I mean? So it's probably good that these other people come in and do this, invest, do their old separate yes. investigations. So the U.S. Attorney's Office confirmed on April 13th, 2015, that they had been conducting a federal criminal inv- investigation of the McDonald case in conjunction with the state attorney's office after contradictions were found between the initial police reports and the dash cam good. video. Good, good. The police report said that McDonald had lunged at an officer, but the video footage showed that McDonald made no lunges. Um, the video show does show that McDonald was swinging the knife in his with his right hand in a wide but aimless manner as he walked down the street and also appears to show that McDonald turned slightly to look briefly at Van Dyke and another officer who are pointing guns at him, but that he continues to walk away from both officers at the moment Van Dyke opens fire Come on him. Come on. On December 2nd, Come on. I know. I know. On December 2nd, 2015, Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan asked the U.S. Justice Department to launch a separate, separate civil rights investigation Good. of Chicago police tactics. Good. Um, and then they, they issue their findings in January 2017, which I believe I have in my notes here. So here we go. On November 24th, 2015, the same day the video was released, Cook County State's Attorney Anita Alvarez announced that Van Dyke was charged with first-degree murder. Yes. And Van Dyke turned himself into authority. Good. He, he was initially held without bail at Cook County Jail for six days. On November 30th, Van Dyke was granted bail, set at uh, $1.5 million. Wow. He posted $150,000, which is 10% of the bail, and was released from jail. Yeah. On December 16th, Van Dyke was indicted by a grand jury on six counts of first-degree murder and one count of official misconduct. Yes. And the counts were murder, intent to kill, injure with a firearm, murder, strong probability to kill, injure with a firearm, murder, intent to kill, injure, discharge firearm. Uh, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah. all murder, all murder. Um, on December 29th, 2015, Van Dyke ple- pleaded not guilty to the charges. Are you kidding me? His attorney uh, said his co- client fears for his life. Oh, what about what about the poor kid that you killed? He was fearing for his life yeah, too. And every and every day he was walking to the courthouse, there's protesters and they're Good. yelling sixteen shots, sixteen shots, sixteen wow. shots. Fucking crazy, dude. Um He should fear for his life. I mean he, yeah. he did a bad Oh my god. Very, very, very horrible, horrible bad yeah. thing. So um on January 29, twenty sixteen, Herbert accused the uh, Van Dyke's attorney accused Chicago's mayor of tainting possible jurors as he considered it an effort to move the trial outside of Cook County. So he said, quote, oh, God. It, it's been dozens and dozens of comments from Rahm Emanuel essentially indicting my client. He's characterized, which of course he's trying to do because he's in front yeah. of the mayor. He's characterized my client's actions as being heinous without even seeing the videotape. So when the mayor of the city which, in which the pool of jurors is drawn from has taken such an adamant stance, it makes it extremely difficult for us to get a juror in here who is not predisposed to finding guilt, end quote. <sighs> Maybe just shoot people in the back. Yeah. I don't know. 
So if convicted of first-degree murder, Van Dyke would have faced a prison sentence of 20 years to life. The case marked the first time in nearly 35 years that a Chicago police officer had been charged with first-degree murder for an on-duty fatality. Wow. On October 5th, 2018, Van Dyke was found guilty. Yes! Of second-degree murder and 16 counts of aggravated battery with a firearm and was found not guilty of official misconduct. I think that's something to do with the police. Like, was he following there? Oh, please. I know. On January 18th, 2019, Van Dyke was sentenced to 6.75 years in prison for the second-degree murder conviction alone, which is permitted by Illinois law. Six years? That's it. For murder? Yep. So... Wait a minute. There's people in jail for for stupid drug charges for more than Maybe that. Maybe because it wasn't planned? Because it's second degree? So yeah. He killed a person. I know. And then you know he's going to get some probation and this and that, so what, he'll serve four years? Mm. That's some bullshit. So they, the Illinois Department of Corrections, they refused to say like where he was, but he was moved around a lot. And at one point he was in Connecticut jail, a prison in Connecticut, yeah. and he was attacked. Good. I mean, and then I think they moved him back to Illinois at some point. But uh, Oh, well. Yeah. He doesn't so, deserve mercy. Let's talk about these other police officers that were on the scene, right? So oh, on, yes. June, on June 27th, 2017, three current or former Chicago police officers were charged with conspiracy, official misconduct, and obstruction of justice connected with the cover-up of the shooting. Good. Those charged were David March, the lead detective in the case, Joseph Walsh, Van Dyke's partner on that night mm. of the shooting, and J- Thomas Gaffney, who was also there. Their bench trial began on November 27th, 2018, and a verdict was expected in January and on January 17th, 2019, they were all acquitted of cover-up <sighs> charges. Did they lose their jobs? I don't think. No, 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 no. Well, it said former. So maybe maybe some or, of them Or did. maybe retire. Who knows? So a big part of why the videotape was released and this guy was finally arrested were protests. Yeah. Like, they were relentless in Chicago. And I mean, from the second this fucking happened in November 2015 through uh, December of 2016. So right after it happened, you know, that downtown Chicago, like Michigan Avenue, it's like a huge shopping yeah. district, whatever. They shut it down almost Good. every single day and were disrupting the, tra- not only the traffic, but commerce. Right. And they were constantly, they were outside city hall. They were outside the police department. They were outside the courthouse. They were fucking relentless. And it really put pressure. Yes. That's why we have change. that first amendment. Right. Absolutely. Come on. They were going to make sure that this, this fucking city did not forget that Thank this God. kid was I, fucking I, gunned I down. Wish, you know, I, I wish this guy would have gotten more time. It just is mind blowing to me that it's only six years. I agree. I, it's, you know, yeah, it's got to be because of he's a cop. Yeah, he's a, yeah, 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 the whole thing. So, um, you know, the killing happens a few months before Rahm Emanuel's reelection, and like I said earlier, like he was in a tight race. People yeah. weren't really happy with him. Is his his when this thing happened and he wasn't he wasn't responding the way people really thought he should. His like approval level was so low that it didn't look like he was going to get reelected. And so delaying, you know, when, when, when I saw that tweet and it's like, he's part of a cover up, I'm like, yeah. dude, is he? But like delaying the release of that video. Just so you can win an election yeah. is, is messed up. And he says in, when he's it's messed up in this week, when he was on this, you know, having to talk about this to, to become the ambassador to Japan, he said that if he had released the video, um, it would have, if it came from a politician, it would have been politicized. And that's why he never asked them to release the video. Give me a break. And he allowed the police and everybody else to do their investigation. And it would have, if it came from me, then I wouldn't, you know, this whole thing. I just don't know how you look like, how do you look Barack Obama in the fucking eyes? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's really gross. Yeah. So. And now um, you get an ambassadorship. Yeah. Come on. 
Uh, and he also fired the police superintendent because he's like, I'm not going to resign. Like nobody, yeah. they were calling everybody to resign and he wouldn't resign either. So he ends up firing. But the delayed timing um, release of the video, the Chicago City Council's awarding this family $5 million yeah, within come weeks on. of McDonald's come death. On. And then Emanuel firing the police department, Superintendent Gary McCarthy prompted some commentators to accuse the city of cover-up. Of course. Right? All these things are happening behind closed doors. It's So listen to this quote. This is great. So journalist Ben... Jarofsky wrote in the Chicago Reader, quote, it's a little long, but it's good. Quote, just imagine if Mayor Emanuel had released the video in, say, November 2014 without being forced to to release it by a lawsuit. But of course he didn't do that. He didn't do that thing, right? He did the he didn't do the right thing. He buried the video. He allowed officials to mislead the public. He hid the tapes because most likely he assumed it would hurt his reelection campaign. Thus, he not only did the immoral thing, he did the politically stupid thing. Cook County State's attorney, Anita Alvarez, probably would have quick, quickly responded with an indictment, just like she did earlier this week when the right. tape actually was released. I mean, it's really hard to look at that tape and not call for an indictment. If the mayor had done that, he wouldn't be the villain in this sordid story. He would be the hero, or at least the... At least the guy who finally, for once in his life, did the right thing. I quote. mean, he's right. Absolutely. He's right. I mean, and you wouldn't have all these protests. Just put it out, arrest fuck, the cop, and let's selfish, fucking go. How selfish to only think about your own career when there's a man who's dead and there's a family who's suffering. Please. And, and there's a person who killed that person. Yep. It's, it's messed up. I it's, know. it's really gross. It's fucking gross. It's so selfish. Yeah. Ugh. Hate, um, he subsequently, everybody. so Emmanuel subsequently created the task force on police accountability to review current training and oversight for police, Chicago police officers. He also maintained he never saw the dash cam video until it was publicly released and would not resign. Emmanuel's image received a blow when U.S. District Judge Edmund Chang accused city attorney Jordan Marsh, an attorney who handled cases in that office that represents the city in police misconduct lawsuits of hiding evidence in a fatal police shooting. So like mm. this is happening all the time. It's not just the police covering up right. for themselves. They got state attorneys fucking covering yeah, up for them hiding evidence. It's, it's terrible. So there's also there's no, no, it's like there, no, nothing is safe. No, nothing is and there's sacred. Also no, not even with the law. There's no legal mechanism to remove or force a resignation for the Chicago's mayor. State Representative LaShawn K. Ford filed House Bill 4536 to set up the mechanism for a recall election, but it was not passed. So Illinois Republican Governor Bruce Rauner uh, said he would sign such a bill. It's the same thing here. Yeah. We can't oh. get fucking Governor DeSantis out Can if you we imagine? wanted to. We can't get this fucking yeah, guy out. Yeah, I don't understand why that's a thing. That It should just be mandated, a federal mandate, that this is a thing. If, if people want yeah. to recall someone, they can. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, what... what? It's fucking wild, Tina. So my Ugh. last bit is the 2017 Department of Justice investigation. So this report comes out and they announced the completion of their investigation and issued a scathing report in January uh, 2017, noting problems in a police culture of excessive violence, especially against minorities and lack of training and oversight. The DOJ and the city had a preliminary agreement to undertake broad reforms for improvement with the goal of increasing the safety of both safe citizens and their officers, you know, issuing tasers, wearing body yeah. cams, you know, all these kinds of things. Uh, also in January 2017, the city and the Department of Justice signed, quote, an agreement in principle to work together with community input to create a federal court enforceable con consent decree addressing the deficiencies uncovered during the investigation. An independent monitor who is yet to be chosen will oversee the compliance, end quote. But then... 
crazy then this other fucking crazy thing happened in February 2000. So so you think like okay, yeah. the report comes out in January, they're like you guys are fucked up, we right. need you guys we need help. To, Let's right. sign an agreement with the city, you're going to work with us, we're going to work with you. We're going to get this thing done and we're going to make sure everybody's good. Then Jeff Sessions comes in, right? Oh, God, so February 2017, the U.S. Attorney Well, forget General, it. Now it's, all, now it's all gone to hell, I'm He sure. signals that the Trump administration would, quote, pull back on federal civil rights probes of local police uh, departments. So go do whatever you want yeah. now. This is why elections fucking matter, yeah. bro. Yeah. So he would not commit to enforcing the consent, consent decree signed by Chicago and the Department of Justice. Come which I'm on. sure Chicago's like, whoo, don't have to yeah, fucking know. Less yeah. work for us. Right. In June 2017. Business as usual. Yeah, five months later. I'm sorry, uh, four months later, Mayor Emanuel backed off his commitment to enter a court-enforced agreement with the federal government. Uh, Biden, why is he yeah, an yeah. ambassador? Why does Hello. he deserve that? Hi. Why He's, does he deserve that? He this said, is not, this is not, no. I He know. should not get this position. I agree. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. So he said that an independent monitor selected by the city would work with the Justice Department to pursue, poli- pursue police reforms without court oversight. Later that month, a group of civil rights organizations thank the God, the Lord filed a federal lawsuit seeking court enforcement of police reforms. (laughs) I mean, this is what you guys agreed to do. Oh my God. We had these civil rights groups. What the fuck would we do without them? I know. Thank God. Yeah. Also in June, Tony Preckwinkle, the president of the Cook County board of commissioners and Jesus Garcia, another member of the Cook County board advocated for judicial oversight as did Chicago inspector general, Joseph Ferguson. The people who are working in the city are like, you need to fucking help yes. us. Our citizens are in danger from the police department. Please. You need to put enforce something this. In place. Just put things in place, put oh protocols in place. In August, 2017, Illinois attorney general, Lisa Madigan filed a lawsuit in federal court requesting that a judge oversee police reform in Chicago. So they're trying to go around trying, everybody else. Yeah. In July, 2018, Chicago mayor, Rahm Emanuel, and Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan announced a proposed court settlement that was the first draft of a consent decree that would eventually serve as a court-enforced mandate governing reforms of the Chicago Police Department. Wow. So, yeah, so he doesn't run for office again. Lori Lightfoot is now the mayor of Chicago, and he's on his way to Japan to represent the United States of America. Come on. (laughs) I don't think he deserves this position. Oh, I don't think he deserves it either. It's fucking wild. You know, like you did your thing. Go, go do. I don't know what else you can do in your life, but why do you get the honor of being an ambassador? Yeah. And, you know, I have found the most lovely things on Twitter. The most lovely of lovely (gasps) things on Twitter. But what a a story on Twitter all the time. I love it. I know. God, I love, it's like, I hate these stories, but I love it. Like, I love that just because people don't know. Yeah. People don't don't know. know Like, I never heard of that. And this is still, it's pretty recent. But it's just so, it's how deep it goes. It's, it's, that always blows my mind. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on. Like, it's cover up. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's all. Yeah. Muck. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, Ron Emanuel's a Democrat. Yeah. I mean, give me a fucking... Chicago's a liberal city. Yes. Um. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to InfectiousGroovePodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have 
have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. All right, let's go. <gasps> well, we have just been so connected. Again? Three Lately. weeks in a row? What? What? Three weeks in a row? Yes. Oh, my God. Today, I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> yes. A former Suffolk yep. County Police Chief, James Burke. James Burke served in Suffolk County, Suffolk County, I want to add an X there, New York for 31 years as an investigator for the district attorney's office before becoming police chief in 2012. Mm -hmm. But when Burke's bad behavior gets the best of him, the investigator gets investigated. This name sounds very familiar to me. We haven't covered him, right? Am I thinking the same? No, okay. we have not covered him, but there Do is I know a him fun... Y- you okay. might have heard of him. Okay. There's a there's a little Murderino connection. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so our story takes place in Suffolk yep. County, New York. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, NBC New York explained that this is one of the 15 largest police departments in the United States. Wow. So a lot of money, yep. and it covers a lot of ground. Specifically, it's like the east side of Long Island. Okay. So there's not too much background that I have, but a Daily Beast article offered some shady behavior of this officer that I'm just going to outline. Okay. All right. So some of that shady behavior, allegedly in the early days of his career, Burke got busted with a sex worker Mm. and that sex worker ended up with his police issued weapon. So not the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, (laughs) it's one thing you want to go see a sex worker, but like you got to keep your weapons in order here, guy. Yes. We're here to see the sex worker is here to see one of your weapons. Yes. Not all of your weapons. Yeah. And not (laughs) that other loaded gun. Yeah. So (laughs) he was really known for frequenting sex workers and for taking drugs. Oh boy. And isn't it funny? Like known for this? Yes. And he ends up police chief. (laughs) Like it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, it's not the best look for a cop, you know? (laughs) So, um, the Daily Beast says that his buddy, buddy friendship with the DA that he Mm. worked for as an investigator is what helped him. Um, it was this guy, Thomas Spoda, and he was supposedly shady and crooked too. And so that's how he didn't really get in trouble for behaviors that he had throughout his career. Wow. Um, the Daily Beast noted this documentary that I'm going to get into later on called Unraveled. And it cited interviews with folks that described Burke as, quote, a man who liked transactional sex, treated women like dirt, had a voracious appetite for narcotics, and thought himself an untouchable king who could do and say as he pleased. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? This is like the worst person to be in charge of law enforcement. So this other thing was they note that he allegedly laughed uh, during a snuff film, which is like a film oh. where someone is really being killed on film. Yeah. And um, and it was like maybe that they, you know, officers had found this tape or whatever it was, and he's like laughing through it, which isn't really the right what reaction the you would want to have. And another woman who hooked up with him at a sex party said that he threw money at her and called her names. And um, uh, a legislator, legislator at the time, Rob Trotta, called him a psychopath. So a Vice article referred to Burke as, quote, a sex-obsessed narcissist and a, quote, middle-aged bachelor with a vulgar disregard for social niceties. Oh, my God. Vice also reported that an old high school buddy of Burke's alleged that Burke used to say that he wanted to be a cop so he could get away with crime. 
Oh my gosh! And what the? I know this is just what is this? <laughs> this is awful. It's like one shitty thing oh after my the God. other. And then News Twelve reported that Burke also got officers to spy on people for him. So, for example, he had a girlfriend, and he was you know who had a, um, a stepson, and mm. he had that stepson follow to make sure he wasn't like doing things against the law. And he also had an elected official named Steve uh, Ballone followed as well. Like he would just say like, I need you to go ta- like trail, like tag these people and, you know, see what they're up to, hmm. which is a little weird. Yeah. All right. So here is the big thing that kind of got him into trouble. Okay. So according to several reports, Burke beat a drug addict and this beating happened at the police station. And so The alleged addict, his name was Christopher Loeb, had broke into Burke's department-issued SUV in 2012, and this is shortly after he became police chief. So he has this SUV, and this drug addict sees the SUV, breaks into it, and takes some things out of it. So I want to talk about the things that were stolen. Oh my God, this list. I can't even imagine. (laughs) I can't even get into this. So NBC New York reported the following. So a gun belt, magazines with ammo, handcuffs, right? typical things that you would expect to find in a cop car okay so he also took off with a box of cigars (laughs) and a humidor so kind of weird like you have these cigars and like the 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 little mechanism to keep your cigars like moist or whatever the hell whatever i mean all kind of people smoke cigars is the worst word moist and then there was some other stuff too do you want to guess what was in the car um yes let me guess okay um a vibrator you're not, you're not wrong. Like a, like a dildo, <laughs> like a butt plug, a butt plug or a vibrator. You a are, yes. So um, there, wait, can oh, I guess oh, what else? Yeah, guess what else, guess what else. <laughs> Some sort of drugs. No drugs, but there was video. Like lube or something? There was video porn. Okay. And there was a bag full of sex toys. Yeah. So odd to say the least, but here's the thing. Okay. The porn, it was something that made me pause because of the type of porn Oh, that it yeah. was. Oh, honey. It's, and yes. it was women being tortured. Yeah. As well as being tied and gagged. Okay. And so can you imagine, like, you're this guy who's doped out of your mind and you, like, break into this cop car and then it's, like, this fucking treasure trove of toys. Like, it's the, all this weird shit. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's weird. Like, but he takes off with it. Yeah. They end up um, sort of, you know, tracking him down. And NBC New York offered, like, a bit more. Burke, despite being pissed that this guy broke into the SUV and stealing his stuff, we know, like, he doesn't have a right to beat up this suspect. You know, they bring Loeb into the station and, you know, if it was some rando's car and they track the guy down and there was a fight, whatever, but, you know, he's in a position of power. Mm -hmm. And so when they bring him into the investigation room, they have him handcuffed and they have him handcuffed to where it's like the bolt on the ground. So like, and then he's handcuffed, he's seated in a chair. So like, he can't really defend himself mm. and they just like beat the shit out of him. Oh my so, God. I mean, it's a problem. So, um, the other thing is that when they first track him down, they start beating the cops and not Burke, but the, the arresting officers go to the house. They find him in front of his mother's house. They beat him up in front of there. And they told him that they were going to rape his mother. Jesus. Like, yeah. They, I mean, they did all of this crazy and then they drag him into the station and, um, when Burke goes berserk is when Loeb says that you're a pervert because he's like, oh, all this shit that was found in the car, right? Because he's like, I saw that video. I saw oh, all the toys. Oh, shit. And, and they, and oh my one God, report, I love this. 
said that uh, Burke started punching, screaming, cursing, and threatening to kill the suspect and just goes nuts and just like beats the hell out of him. Oh my God. So again, you know, he's chained, he's a sitting duck. And People Magazine also reported that at that time, Burke threatened Loeb, telling him that if he said anything about getting beat up or any of this, he'd kill him and make it look like a heroin overdose. Oh my God. Because he's like, you're a fucking junkie. I'm going to make it look like you OD, so you better keep your mouth shut. Holy so like, shit. and all the other cops that are in that room, like, so like your story, everybody goes along with it. Oh my God. So Loeb ends up serving time for breaking into the car and Burke didn't want to have to face the music for his own bad actions. So when word got out that the feds were looking into the incident Ooh. and they were going to plan to open a potential civil rights probe, oh, no. because when Loeb got out of jail, he, oh, no. he, run he was going to file a lawsuit. Oh, no. So now people are talking about it. Burke got the officers involved to cover it up. So now he's taken this bad situation of beating up this guy and he's made it worse because now he's hiding evidence. Oh my God. So eventually Burke admits to beating Loeb. And in 2015, he finally faces some charges. And the charge essentially was assaulting a resident, right? Mm. And hiding and doing the cover up. So according um, to news reports, Burke was sentenced in 2017 to 46 months in prison, which is just shy of two years. And Loeb's attorney had this to say, I think the message is that Suffolk County's law enforcement community has operated as if they are judge, jury, and executioner. Those days are coming to an end. Mm. The U.S. state attorney had this to say after Burke's sentencing, as reported by People. He abused his authority by brazenly assaulting a handcuffed prisoner. He pressured subordinates to lie to cover up his criminal acts and he attempted to thwart the civil rights investigation into his conduct. With today's sentence, Burke learned that no one is above the law and that the consequences for such egregious behavior are severe. During the sentencing phase, according to New York Daily News, Burke wrote a letter to the judge, and he has this little excerpt, and he just basically was basically like, I, I want leniency. Mm. But he says, quote, I sincerely apologize to the victim, to my subordinates who I permitted to take part in these offense, to my colleagues and those who entrusted me, to the men and women of Suffolk, Suffolk County Police Department, to the citizens of Suffolk County, and to you, Your Honor. Mm. So he ends up being moved to a halfway house in December of 2018. So he serves time in jail, and then, but not much. And then in 2018, he serves out the remaining six months of his um, sentencing and then they had shaved off six months. So he doesn't do like a right. whole ton of time. Right. And some of the aftermath was supposedly there was a shakeup in the department when Burke resigned. So some changes happened there. Loeb ended up, uh, who was the victim, yes. with $1.5 million from the Dang. county. And WSHU reported that in 2018, a county legislator at the time, Rob Trotta, wanted to sue Burke for the money stating that the taxpayers shouldn't have to foot the bill for a okay. crime that he committed. Yes. So even though he was a cop, they're like, why are we paying for this bill? Like, you should pay yes. since you're the one that did this. Jesus. So, oh, some points of interest. Yes. Can we get back to the tapes? We're going, Hi. we're going to, hello, we're going to get into that. So uh, one thing I thought that was funny is that he was in jail like less than two years and he got busted with Oxy. Um, so oh my gosh. he's definitely like, you know, likes to dabble in the drugs. Mm. So this was, I thought, the most interesting connection. Okay. And it's the connection between Burke and the Long Island serial killer, 
also referred to as the Gilgo Beach Killer or the Craigslist Ripper. Oh. So I'm not going to deep dive into it, but the Long Island serial killer was targeting sex workers like in the 2010s era. And I'm referencing this Daily Beast article, which references the Unraveled documentary, who, uh, which is by Billy Jensen mm. and Alexis Linkletter. And Jensen, recall, is the guy who worked yes. with Michelle McNamara. Yes. And so he's like a true crime guy. Um, and he has his own podcast, um, which is, oh gosh. It's, Jensen it's, and Holes? Jensen and Holes, yeah, yes. Good. And he's super cute. Um, super hello. cute. Follow him so, on Twitter, that cute face. Yes. Hi. So this serial killer came to light with the story of Shannon Gilbert. Gilbert was a sex worker who was hired on Craigslist on May 1st, 2010. She and her bodyguard, had they drove out to this guy Joseph Brewer's house, which was in this uber-wealthy area near Gilgo Beach. Um, long story short, she ends up taking off from the house, and she's running down the street, and she had called 911, oh and she's claiming that someone was trying to kill her. Jesus. So the bodyguard, like, sees her run out. He's in the car. He kind of tries to find her, lose sight. He loses no. sight of her. She's never seen again. <gasps> so the police end up clearing the bodyguard and the guy brewer that she went to see. Well, then who the fuck was it? So they continue searching for Shannon. And in December of 2010, while they're searching for her, they find four bodies buried near Gilgo Beach off the Ocean Parkway. Right. right then right. in March of 2011, they find six more bodies. None of them at this point are Shannon Gilbert. Um, but finally, a, a year later, December 2011, they find Shannon. Oh, my god! So gosh. I've listened to podcasts about this Gilgo Beach murder um, and... Some sources say that Shannon may have died of natural causes because all these bodies were buried and they think it was either one killer or two different killers. Mm. Um, But Shannon, some people say, was not part of any of those murders because where they found her, while it was near Gilgo Beach, it wasn't exactly where these bodies are and she wasn't buried. She was found naked and they think that she was on, maybe on drugs, had gotten paranoid about what was happening in that house, took off, and it was very, very cold. And when people suffer from like hypothermia, they'll start taking their clothes off, which is, you know, the opposite of what you think someone would do. But they start shedding their clothes and they think that she just kind of froze to death and died out there. Jesus. And they just didn't find her. Um, other people say no, like she was deliberately put out there. So there's conflicting theories. But how does Burke fit in? Yeah, uh, that's what my next question is. Okay. What, is guy, what does this guy got to So do Natalie Kay reporting for Meow was referencing the Unraveled doc as well and noted that when Burke became police chief, he blocked the FBI's investigation into the Gilgo Beach murders. What? Why would he do that? Yeah. So some people argue oh. that at the time, the FBI was sniffing, sniffing around because of the Loeb incident. Yeah, he's fucking so sex workers. It makes sense, but... Other people say maybe he's the killer. He's the killer. <gasps> so Have the killing stopped since he's like. So there haven't been killings and he still hasn't been officially. Um, there's, you know, a ale- this is all alleged. All right. We're all innocent till proven guilty. Mm. But people. So this unraveled kind Holy of points shit. a little bit towards Burke. Like, what is oh his my behavior? God, Tina. So remember that woman who attended the sex party with him. 
Yes. She had attended a couple other sex parties with him and she worked as an escort and allegedly saw Burke doing coke at these events and they took and these events took place where those bodies were found. Mm. And she also said that when she did engage in sex with Burke that it was very rough sex and remember there was the other person who said she, he threw money at her and was like calling her, you know, names and things like that. So all of it is circumstantial. Yeah. There is no um charges um and the documentary is really has raised these questions as to like who is this guy because he has frequented sex workers frequented sex workers near their area covered up an investigation tried to tell the fbi they can't pursue um you know this case so it it all seems very shady wow so the case is still unsolved and just this year in june 2021 a senator phil boyle had asked for a special prosecutor to be appointed to see if burke deliberately attempted to obstruct the investigation and why Mm. and so it's still kind of being looked into oh my gosh so that's the story of the shifty and potentially sinister police chief james burke wow what a story like i just started looking into him and then i was like wait a minute there's a connection to a serial killer i have to do it (laughs) oh my gosh but what if like i was thinking like imagine if it's this police chief and we saw it before with the golden state killer hello because they know how to hide evidence they know how to throw things off you know the trail and yeah i mean and with the gilgo state the the murders like the gilgo beach murders like I said, there were the two different sets of bodies found. There yeah, were a set of four yeah. and a set of six. So some people think it was just two different killers hmm. who happened to, because of the area is sort of like but are they killed out in of a the different way. way? Are they all strangled? Like what's I the... think that the bodies were it was like too old. But one of them there was like mm. um, it was I think um, they had find found the identity of some of them. Okay. Um, and I can't remember if there was a child with one of them. Oh like, my God. Yeah. It's, you have to go listen. There's yeah. like a bunch of podcasts on that. Um, but yeah, like I said, some people say, well, maybe someone did those four, four murders and then someone else just happened to do these yeah. other six murders because the area is just like a good place to oh dump a body kind it's of so thing. Fucked up. It's so messed up. Whew, so Jesus. messed up. So, but he's not, um, it's, it's incredible that he became police chief. Well, you know, and if he didn't beat this guy up, mm-hmm. who He's knows what the hell, the, what, what, what else is he doing? Oh, my God. Uh, you know, what we never talked about um, and I never finished it is the um, the, the Saints of Newark. Is that, oh, is that right? The That's, Many Saints of Newark. Yeah, the Many yeah. Saints of Newark. We never talked about it. Oh. Because you're such a Sopranos fan. Yes. I mean, you know I love Sopranos, but you are a yes. Sopranos fan. Yes. Um, but I watched about half of it and I was like, eh. Uh, so you watched the whole thing. What did you I think? I watched the whole thing. I need to watch it again. Okay. Like I watched it once, but now yeah. I need to watch it so I can actually like mm-hmm. analyze it, I guess. Like, cause you know, you watch it the first time you don't know what's happening, but now that I know what to expect, I want to like look a little closer and I don't, I, I feel like I was talking to my husband about this and <laughs> I think that if you are a super fan of the Sopranos, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh look there's the the, the ice cream right. truck oh yes. look there's yeah, this yeah, yeah. oh look they're like all the little all the little things that they mention where if you know the show inside and out and you're like oh I remember that I remember that I remember that mm-hmm. if you're someone that maybe watched the Sopranos like top to bottom when it came out and you haven't really revisited it mm-hmm. and you're watching it you might not get all of those references so right. it may not feel as heavy-handed that it felt like someone who like 
knows the show so well. It felt heavy handed. You know, so like, it was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, I know all those things that you don't have to like. Yes. Make it so, like, you don't have to add in everything from all of these episodes all of the time. But the last... And like the thing with Christopher that annoyed that, okay, me. Did you see baby? that? Yeah. So that's when I stopped watching. Yeah. So Tony is a teenager. Me. This isn't really a spoiler. Although I love looking at me too. Little baby James Gandolfini's oh, son. Little Michael Gandolfini. Michael I mean, Gandolf- he's not little, but it's yeah, just like me too. Sweet. I face. love that his son plays him. He, he's very handsome, and he's a good actor. He's a great actor. Yeah. I saw him in another show. He was in another like show. The, that I, really I think loved. the acting. I I didn't like, and I didn't like how they did Syl. I, I felt it's like a joke. It was like a joke. Uh, yeah, I felt like so it was a little that too was much. the last. It's, this isn't really a spoiler, but the, the last thing I watched where I was like, "All right, I'm done." Is <laughs> Michael Gandolfini's playing Tony? Yeah. He's sitting at the table, and his dad just came home from from prison. Yeah, and the baby Christopher. Every time he came near Tony, he would start crying. Yeah, and this old, I think it was an older lady. Who was yeah, like, they babies can see from the other side. Yeah, and I was like, what the? It, all it right, was too much. I'm it was done. too much. Yeah, it's, you don't I don't think need they need do that. I don't think they needed to do that. They don't. We all know. We know what Tony know, did with Christopher. Yeah. We don't. And it's just enough to see that relationship. Yes. He sees him as a baby. Yeah, like, that you, was Now it. you understand that torment. We don't need and to know. And why he know. loved him. And that yes. Dickie Maltese-Halti's dead. And like, that's yes. the guy he looked up to. And that here's his son. Like, yeah, like we understand that relationship. Yeah. We learned about that in The Sopranos. So you yeah. don't need to f- foreshadow. And then, like, I, I like what they're trying to do with all of, like, the tension that was, like, sort of happening at the time. Mm. I think I would have preferred it if it was... It's like they, it's like it was jokey. I don't I was know. Like, this I, is think a joke? I, I think I would have liked to have seen, like, Uncle June and, um, you know, Tony's dad, mm-hmm. like, their story. Like, yeah. how they came up. I don't really care about... Dickie Dickie I mean, I, I think care. it's cool to have like this side story to see like the guy that Tony looked up to. Yeah. But like then, I, well, you'll have to finish it. But at the end, mm-hmm. I felt like really like this is how you're ending it. Like oh, there, no. there's there's the very like literally like the last five seconds of the of the the movie. I'm oh, like, really? Come is on. it like the end of the the series? No, oh. but it's it's it felt a little cheese ball. It's all and the I, whole thing was cheese ball. The thing that's disappointing is that David Chase is brilliant and he wrote yes. a brilliant series and I think that he tried too hard to make the fans happy. Yeah, that's what it was. You he know? felt pressure. You know, because it was like, oh, it's fun to see these things, but it it just felt like no. it just felt like, oh, that's episode 4, season 2, like, oh, that's episode, you know, like I don't know. Sometimes these Less stories, is more. yeah, in in a snapshot of a time, in a and family then even like is the enough. names. Like because, you don't need um, to revisit the Connors. No one needs to revisit right. the Connors. It was um, good the when it was. Let's just like back away now. And who is it, Janice? It's it starts off with Janice's confirmation. Yes, and her confirmation name is Apollonia. And it's like, okay, like not to the Godfather. You know, what oh I mean, like God. it was just like it just felt like it was all of these references yeah. like crowbarred in yeah but i'm gonna watch it again all right i'm gonna watch it i again. wonder if it's like they sat in the writer's room with like this long lit long list of things they wanted to reference and then figured yeah. out ways they can put like, it, fit this all into the yeah and it I just it was like it, it was like five too many you know yeah and i watched it i was watching it on hbo max yeah but it was also in the theaters yeah could i'm you glad imagine, i'm you glad i didn't that? Go, yeah. i would have been upset i was at home watching this on the couch and i was like if i fucking had paid that money and sat in yeah. that theater i've been like i would look around going, what the fuck am there, I, what but is i going will on? say that as it progresses yeah it got there were some things I like, like I like the girlfriend 
the Italian girlfriend. Yes, okay, I like that too. But also, it's like I don't care. I knew there were riots in Newark. Like I'm like, yeah. okay, this is great, but I don't care about this yeah. either. Like I don't care about. I this. felt yeah, and I I saw like okay, they're trying to. I I get what they're trying to do, but I didn't. I didn't understand it. No, I, I think, and then I didn't get like, and like I love Ray Liotta. What is the brother? But, a twin brother? I know. What the I fuck know. is this? I was like, just have somebody else play and then the it was, father and that then, gets killed. And in then the it car. was too much. And it was, it was too yes, much of Tina, like when he came in and, when and he, he went to like, go visit him in what's jail. What's happening? And he sat down. I go, wait, wait, what? There's no like, oh, he has a twin brother. It was no mention that he has a twin. There was no, no mention of like this is this other person. It was just like you're as a person watching. You're like, wait a minute, what's fucking yeah, happening yeah. right now? No, and he was completely opposite in a gross way. Yeah, like, I, I just, it was just weird. Tina, forget it. Fuck it. F. F. Oh no, no. Stars, F. I'm gonna. I know. It's it's the Godfather three of the Sopranos. That's right. That's right. I was gonna say we didn't need that and we didn't need Ugh. this. Fuck you. Thank Get out of here. All right, we gotta go. We gotta okay. do it. We gotta do a little muck. <gasps> All right, bye. Oh, and then we're gonna go see oh. Medea. Oh, oh my God, Medea. Medea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is going to be a good Sunday. Oh, my God. I know. <gasps> All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. 